I guess where we get to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's got a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys can find the podcast on YouTube and on uh, anywhere you can get your podcast. And also go to the new Facebook page, like that, follow that, and there you can follow the newest things for what's happening with the podcast there on Facebook. All right, so the last time we talked was probably, what, like two days ago? I said we're going to have another podcast Monday, which is true, right? We're going to have another one on Monday, but we're also going to have one on Friday, and both of those podcasts are going to have guests. So I'm excited for both of us, so be looking out for those. But I was not expecting to do this one, um, but I was just looking at this last night, and it was like 2 in the morning, and I just typed up this whole outline. I was like, bro, somebody else has got to hear this. You know, and, uh, you know, when you talk about the scripture, you think about Jeremiah, where Jeremiah had this fire in his bones. He's like, somebody, somebody else has got to hear this. Somebody else has got to hear it. And that's why the gospel is called the good news. You know, you got to share this, which we're going to get to that in a second. But the topic of what we're going to talk about today is the beauty of having compassion. The beauty of having compassion. You know, you think about our world today and think about how fast paced our world is. Think about how, uh, you know, we're so attracted to instant gratification. We want things yesterday. You know, the thing that our world lacks is what Jesus had. Jesus had compassion. So why do you think so many things change so quick? You know, why? So many things don't work because all of us lack compassion. And so out of all out of all people, I saw a clip of Mike Tyson, right? Out of all people. And he said when he was he was talking to a, a younger man who plays in the NFL, and Mike Tyson told him, he said, When I was younger, he said, I wanted to be great. He said, but I wanted to be feared. And he said, I wanted to be a savage. But he also mentioned this. He said, but as you grow older, he said, you realize that greatness is actually none of those things. Greatness is the ability to develop compassion and empathy. But think about it. Our world tells us in order for you to be great as a young man, as a young woman, in order for you to be great, you got to be strong by yourself. You always have to do things on your own, and it's always you against the world. And if you can't develop that you against the world mindset, then you're not, you can't be great. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be independent just by yourself because that's the only way for you to be great. It's you against everybody. You're to be feared. See, so many times we have this wrong view of what greatness is. But greatness is what Jesus was, and Jesus had compassion, and he had empathy. But throughout that clip, the young man, he said, well, I don't know about that, Mike. The young man said, you know, well, he said if somebody, and he's a, mil a millennial, he says, you know, if somebody does me wrong one time, notice he said if someone does me wrong one time, which shows that a majority of people today, somebody doesn't do something for you, or do things the right way or how you want it done one time, it's over. So think about, again, our world. Our world is so big 
and we're so connected that inadvertently, because we have so many options of people, so many options of things, so many options of things to do, the only thing we can do, all right, you got you got 30 seconds, you got you got a week, you got a month, you got you see, it's so quick because we know if this doesn't work, I got 50 billion other options. So the young man said, well, I don't know, Mike. He said, you know, if someone does me wrong one time, he says, I cut you off, you're done. And Mike told him as the older man, Mike said, if you do that, then the devil, he's not your enemy anymore. He says, he's your master because he has changed you. And so when we think about compassion, compassion Developing this skill of compassion and empathy can help us to change more into Christ. But on the flip side, if we don't have compassion, if we don't have empathy, but we're so quick to cut other people off, then also the devil can become our master. So we don't want that to happen. So what we're going to do today and this is crazy as we look through, we're going to look at Jesus and we're going to look at how we can develop compassion like him. And so as we learn this, I think this is a skill that if we can get this, so many things in our lives that we think are bad are going to get better because we'll have developed compassion. All right. So before we, before we move on, we got to understand what compassion looks like. So compassion, what it is, a lot of people think, being nice to a person is compassion. That's a part of it. But just because you're nice to somebody doesn't mean you're compassionate to them. See, that's where we get it mixed up. Well, I was nice to him. Well, I was nice to her. I did this for him. I did this for her. So I was compassionate. No, maybe you were just nice. Nice and compassion are two different things. Compassion, as described in Scripture, Compassion is an internal movement that you have towards someone. You feel and you pity for them. Yes, that leads you to do nice actions for them. But internally, you do those nice things out of the right motivation, not just to do the nice thing. So now that we understand what compassion is, how can we learn to develop it like Christ? The beauty of having compassion. So let's look at point one. Compassion number one is taking the time to understand. In order to develop compassion, it's taking the time to understand. Look at Matthew chapter 15 with me. And if you're new to the podcast, let's open up our Bibles here and you can just walk through here with me and you can go back and check this for yourself as well. All right, Matthew 15. And um, let's look at verse number, uh, let's start in verse 31. So remember the 4,000 are fed here, right? So we're going to break down the mind of Jesus here, all right? So let's look at verse uh, number 31. In so much that the multitude, when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, the blind to see, they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples and he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days 
having nothing to eat, I will not send them away fasting, lest they faint in the way. So what's our first point again? Compassion is taking the time to understand. So how did Jesus understand the people that were following him? He literally breaks it down for us in verse 31 or verse 32. So he said, I have compassion on the multitude. Now notice how he had it. Number one, because they continue with me. So notice what Jesus is saying here. Jesus saw that all these people that he was healing, he saw that they were following him. So guess what Jesus could feel? He could feel, man, these people are giving time to me. These people are giving effort to me. These people are continuing to follow me, not just for a day, not for an hour, not for a couple hours. Jesus said they've they've been walking with me and they've been continuing with me for three days. This is what compassion does. Compassion looks at what some other people have done for us. It's, it's taking the time to really sit and understand. So Jesus said, look, they're continuing with me for three days. But then he says, and they have nothing to eat. Jesus, again, he, he saw the time and the effort that these other people were taking out of their lives to follow him. But Jesus also saw their needs. And Jesus saw their needs without the people having to say anything. Does the Bible say that the the lame and the maimed, they were yelling, we're hungry? Jesus had compassion and Jesus saw that they were tired. And Jesus gave them something to eat. So Jesus saw their needs without them having to clamor for it. Then number three, he says, I will not send them away lest they faint. So then Jesus said, I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to do something about it. So as we look at this, what does this verse and what does this text prove? This proves that not everybody has the eye of compassion. Well, how can you say that? Well, Jesus was there, right? All those people were there, but who else were there? The disciples. The disciples, does the Bible say that the disciples had compassion? The Bible says Jesus had it. So not everybody has the eye of compassion. Jesus wasn't the only one there. But notice, they didn't suggest all these reasons to Jesus. They haven't, they didn't develop their compassion yet. So notice, Jesus had to have been tired of doing all this, right, for everybody else. He had to have been tired, right? So notice what Jesus did, though. Compassion is taking the time to understand what's going on. So Jesus had the ability, even though he was tired of healing all these people and doing all this for three days, Jesus had the eye of compassion by looking outside of himself. And so you think about today. Why do you think today that the divorce rate is so high? Why do you think today people can't be in a, in a marriage or in a relationship for more than three months? Why do brethren fight and why do people separate so easy now? 
Because guess what? We all lack the ability to have that we think we have. Just because we were nice to the person, just because we quote unquote cared about the person doesn't mean we had compassion for them. But because we were nice, we think we had compassion. We lack the ability to understand like Jesus did. Was feeding them a nice thing? Yes. Was taking care of them a nice thing? Yes. But what moved Jesus to do that? He saw and he had pity on them. He understood them. That's compassion. You know, I heard a, I heard a story the other day of a, of a family and uh, a young girl wanted a pet. And so she liked, um, you know, uh, she liked the pets that she could put in a tank. And so her parents bought her a jellyfish and put the jellyfish in the tank. Jellyfish was beautiful, nice, big and, and pink. Right. And so that little girl loved that jellyfish so much, loved it, fed it, did all that stuff. Right. But the, the young girl wanted to show the jellyfish that she loved it. So what she did one day was when her parents left, she took a blanket and she took that jellyfish out of the water and she hugged it and she held it tight because she loved it. But what she really was doing, even though she thought she was showing that jellyfish love, she was really killing it because she didn't understand in order for me to show that I love it, it has to stay in this tank and this is where I can see it. This is where I can feed it. But I'm being nice to it, right? I'm hugging it, right? I'm caring for it, right? So because I think I'm showing it love, then it has to be love, right? It's got to be compassion. See, what the, what the young child didn't understand yet, the young child didn't understand how to love the pet. And so sometimes we can do that with each other. Easily, we can do that with each other. Because I was nice to you, because I did stuff for you, because I gave stuff to you, because you did that for me, because you did that for other people, because you, because we're nice, we think we show compassion. That's not compassion. Compassion is understanding someone. And notice Jesus had the ability to understand people. Then he did nice charitable actions, but he understood people. So sometimes in our lives, the beauty of having compassion is the ability to understand. And it takes time to understand. Why does, why does he or she feel this way? Why does he or she act that way? Why does he or she want this right now? It's taking the ability to understand. And then sometimes we have the audacity to get mad because we don't want to understand. You see, it, take, it takes time. Jesus was able to understand. And that's beautiful just from getting that from one verse, isn't it? In Matthew chapter 15, verse 31, Jesus just broke down how he understood. I see that they've been with me for three days. I see that they have nothing to eat. And he said, I will not send them away. So compassion is taking the time to understand. Then number two, as we look at the beauty of having compassion, number two, compassion is reciprocal. It's reciprocal. So what, what does that mean? 
This means that compassion is not a one-sided action. This should be done equally. So again, we're using all these examples and we're pulling this from what Jesus did. So Matthew 15, 31, this is him with the 4,000. Now let's look at Mark chapter five. Let's look at this example. This is a great example of the compassion of Christ being reciprocal. So Matthew, or Mark five, beginning in verse 19. So here's our context. Remember there was a man uh, who was, who was uh, living in the mountains, chained up, and his name was Legion because he had all those demons in him. And Jesus took those demons and he pushed those demons out towards the swine or towards the pigs. And then those pigs went over the cliff. So now this man who was out of his mind, Jesus showed compassion on him. So now let's look at this beginning in verse 19. After Jesus healed this man of those demons, notice what he says. How be it, verse 19, Jesus suffered him not. But saith unto him, go to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion for you. Compassion is reciprocal. Jesus healed a man of his demons because Jesus was moved by this man. But notice what Jesus said. He didn't tell the man and go and take that compassion for himself. He told him to go and tell somebody else. See, today, again, our millennial generation, we're good at doing two things. We're good, like that young man said, talking to Mike. It's good, or we're, we're very good at giving people one shot. You got one good crack at this. And if you don't get it right, wipe it off I and then and then we'll say stuff like what well, I, I should have known I should have no we're not patient enough that's what it is we're just not willing to admit that so today our generation is very very good at giving people one true shot you get one chance one really good one that's it and then number two our generation is good at taking compassion now we'll take it all day but we're not good at giving it back and we're also not good at spreading it. If we were good at this, our marriages would be stronger. Our friendships would be stronger. You know, the, the relationship between brethren would be stronger. But sometimes what we do is sometimes all we're looking out for is somebody to heal us, somebody to help us. And then that's it. We just look out for number one. Because remember, what's the mindset we have anyway? I got to be strong. I got to be independent. I got to be. So I'm looking for someone just to help me. And when they do, all right, appreciate you. And I won't do it for anybody else. Or I won't do it back to the person that helped me. See, this is why our generation lacks compact. This is why nothing works for us. This is why nothing works for us. And then we walk around sad and complaining. And how come this ain't? Because we didn't have compassion. Just because we did nice acts, we thought we had compassion, but we didn't. We, we're missing it. We're Our whole generation, we're, we missed it. We got to look. We have to look back at Jesus. You know, I'm starting a, um, 
we have a class here on first, second, and third John. And if you want in on this class, send me a message on Facebook, or if you have my number, text me. You need to be in this class. You need to be in this class because what first, second, and third John does. Remember, John was described as um, the disciple whom Jesus loved. So Jesus or John described Jesus in the book of John. But Gnosticism and certain false doctrine and other things were coming into the church in first, second, and third John. So what John does is John says, look, in order to find yourself, in order to fight this, and in order to get better, let me reintroduce you to Jesus. The whole class is a reintroduction to his compassion, his love, all that stuff. If you want to be in, please let me know so you can get in that class. It, it's every Tuesday um, at 8 o'clock. Great, great stuff. All right. So like we talked about, our generation is very good at taking compassion from people, but we're not good at spreading it and giving it back because we don't know how. We got to look back at Christ. So think about this as a personal example. Aren't we to evangelize and teach other people? Guess what that is? That's compassion. Because what did Jesus just tell this man? He said, no, you go, and the compassion that I showed you, you go tell the great things that were done. You go show somebody else. See, sometimes we have to look at ourselves, especially us in our generation. We have to start developing compassion. Because here's what's going to happen. If we don't develop compassion in our lives, every thing in our life is always going to suffer. And then, because our, our generation is so entitled, we're always going to say it was somebody else's fault and I'm good. And then guess what? You go off and you do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. So we have to learn compassion from Christ. We have to learn compassion, and we can't just be compassion stealers. We have to, yes, receive that compassion that other people have for you. Receive it, but then also, man, give it back. Give it to somebody. Give it to others. Compassion understands. It, it takes the time to understand people, to understand what they're going through, to understand what's happening in their life right now. But compassion also is reciprocal. If you're if you're the only one doing it, Jesus said that's not good. So you can't be the only one doing it. Then number three, not only is compassion understanding, not only is it reciprocal, but compassion is patient. Look at Luke 15. <clears throat> Luke 15, um, verse 20. All right. So before we get there, as we look at this, so we're seeing all these components of compassion. And as we look at this a little bit deeper, we still live in a society today where, as we mentioned before, we want things now, right? And if it doesn't happen now, and if it doesn't happen soon, then this is what we'll do. This is crazy. I mean, this is how we do stuff. So, I mean, this is with anything. This is with a job. This is with, uh, you know, relationships, friendships, school, work, whatever it is. We live in a society where we want things now. And our generation specifically, this is what we're so good at. 
when it doesn't happen now or when it doesn't happen soon, this is what we'll say. Well, I guess it wasn't for me. Wait, just because it didn't happen quick, then you see we're so quick to just, all right, kick the dust off. We never have compassion. So here's what compassion is, too. We talk about compassion's patient. Because our world is so fast-paced, sometimes we forget that. But here's what compassion is from Luke 15 as well. Compassion is letting people go. Compassion is letting people go. Well, what does that mean? So the prodigal son. Do you think the father in Luke 15 was understanding of that son? Yeah. You think the father, you think his love uh, was reciprocal to the son? Yes, he loved that son dearly. The younger son went out to live a riotous life, Luke 15 describes. But think, think about this, and this is crazy. Think about this for a second. The Bible says that he went out to live a riotous life. But why? When you study the Bible, you got to ask yourself questions. Why? Why? Why did he do that? The young man did it for two things. He lacked compassion, number one, what we're talking about today. And number two, this is why the young man also lived a righteous life. Because he was looking for something in things, in other people, in his in jobs, in his career. He was looking for something in things that he already left. So sometimes we can learn this from the father. Sometimes even though you show compassion, other people around you will try to find that compassion that you've shown and satisfy it in people, in other people, in money, and in things. So the young man in Luke 15 he was really running from himself because everything that he know he that he knows that he needed was already at home but he thought somebody or something out there somebody or somebody or something out there is better than what he's got sometimes compassion is letting people go so think about the father in Luke 15. Number one, didn't the father take time to understand his son? Father, I want my inheritance. So he took the time. He understood what his son wanted. Was it the right thing? No. But he gave the son what he thought he wanted. You know, that's what we got to be good with too. A lot of times we can try to mm, a lot of times we can we can try to make people make choices whether it's right or wrong but compassion again you you are as an individual and everybody in the world 
we're free moral agents. We have the ability and we have the choice, whether shown right or wrong, we have the ability and the choice to do whatever we want. And so you can't take that away from somebody. Even if whether you agree with or disagree, you can't take away that choice from somebody because God gave us choice. So the father took time to understand, but he didn't stop him. He said, if this is what you think you want, take it. Sometimes, and it's tough to do that at times. It doesn't mean you give up. You know, you still teach. You still show the right way. You still show the right things to do. You still pray. You still, but even when you do all that stuff for people, you have to let people make their choices. And that's, that's hard. Two, what else did the, the father do? The father provided for that son. And the father loved that son, even though the son didn't love him back. That's another part of compassion. Think about John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave. God gave his son. And Jesus gave of his life when we didn't love them back. You think that was hard? And then on top of not loving them back, God had to watch him. God had to watch him suffer for people that didn't care about the compassion. It's hard, man. So if if God had to do that, does it mean every time you show people compassion that they're always going to they're always going to respect it? They're always going to recognize it? No. Cuz we didn't for him. This is why it's hard to be compassionate. Then number three, the father was patient with his son. Just as Christ and and God is patient with me and you today, to this day. You know, as we look at this a little bit more before we get into verse 20, there are some lessons in life that even if you're taught, like this young man was, even if you're taught, this young man still thought he could do it his way. And this is, and those that are are teachers, those that are parents, those that are coaches, those that are preachers, those that are teachers understand this concept. When you teach and you teach and you teach and you teach and you provide opportunity after opportunity. And others still think, I appreciate it. I appreciate you, but I'm still going to do it my way. I've, I've done that. Sometimes you think you can do it on your own or do it the way you think you need to do it. Doesn't work out. Doesn't work out, fellas. Doesn't work out, ladies. It it just, it doesn't. But what the son did, the son finally came to himself and he realized, man, I left the person that I should have clinged to from the beginning. I thought I can find it in Joe. I thought I can find it in Sarah. I thought I can find it in all these. Where are they at? Where are they at? Yeah, they were here when things were good. But bro's life changed and he had to go. Her life changed and she had to go. Now I'm by myself. Sometimes it's easy for us to do that with God and with other people. We think we can do it without him. But just like the prodigal son, 
life has a way of waking us up. Before we get into verse 20, there's a friend of mine, and we were in the office one day, and uh, he wrote on the board a few names of members on the board. And um, he wrote those members' names, first and last, young, old, college. He wrote them all. And we're sitting there looking at that list. And as we're looking at that list, he says, let's pray. Okay, I bowed my head. And I'm thinking, you know, he's going to pray for him. He's going to pray that, you know, they're strengthened. He's going to pray that, uh, you know, they want to build their relationship with you, that they will take advantage of opportunities, all that. I, that's what I thought. But as he prayed, I'll never forget. He said, Lord, and he said all their names, all of them. He said, Lord, I pray that you will afflict them. He said, I pray that you will allow them to, to come to themselves. I pray that things will be difficult. I pray that things will happen so that they can be in a humble state to come back and come back to you. I'll never forget that. And to this day, and I need to start doing this a little bit more. But, I mean, it, it was incredible when I saw that. I was like, you, you don't hear that. But his prayer, most people would say, oh, that's cruel. Why would you pray that bad things? Would, he's not praying bad things would happen. He's praying this for these brothers and sisters in Christ because he loves them. And because the only way right now that they can see Christ is if they fall. And that's a part of letting people go. So look at Luke 15, verse 20. And after that young man fell, he arose. And what does the Bible say that he did, guys? He came to his father, the man that had compassion on him in the first place. You know, have you ever taken things for granted? This is what the young man did. But watch this. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion on him and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. So what did the father do? He was waiting for his son to come back. You see, sometimes when people when people use this phrase, you know, if you, if you let them go, if it's meant to be, if you let them, all this stuff with brethren, with other things, when all this stuff happens, sometimes we forget a, a, a major part of letting people go. A major part of letting people go is even if they're not in your presence, you wait for them in prayer. Lord, they don't want to be here right now. This is happening but please be with brother or sister so-and-so. Sometimes we think letting go is just a, and, a ma and magically they'll come back. No, you got to pray. You got to pray that they'll come to their senses. You got to pray that the Lord will still work on them. You got to pray that they'll be in worship. You got to pray that they'll, they'll want to study. You got to pray for these things. The father was waiting. So do you think he was just waiting there, sitting in a chair, looking at the mountains? Think about a mother or, or, or a father 
with a with a with a son or daughter that's gone astray. You think they know he's gone? You think they know she's gone? Yeah, they know. But do you think they stop praying? You think they stop uh, doing everything they can to try to get them back? He was waiting. And that's what that's what compassion is. When you let people go and let them do what they feel they need to do, you still have a role. You pray for them. Then he saw him, and the Bible says he had compassion on him. He was moved, right? And then he ran. And he kissed him, and he loved his son. But all of this wouldn't have, verse 20 wouldn't have happened if from verses uh, 14, actually from verses 13 and 19, he wasn't patient and he wasn't doing his job. So think about this for a second. And two things quickly. Is it possible? We don't know. And I'm not saying this is doctrine. But is it possible that even though this son went to a riotous country and um, lived the way that he wanted to live, is it possible that the father possibly could have still seen him around? Is it possible that the father knew somebody in that country and was checking up on his son? How's he doing? Is he all right? What's going on? Is it that's possible? I'm not saying that's doctrine. But again, this is part of the patience that we need to have with with our brethren and with with everyone else. So as we look at this compassion, I hope you can see and, and I can see it how personally, you know, I could have done better in compassion in a lot of ways. And I hope you want to do better, too. But can you see how not having this can make us so entitled can make us feel like we got to do it by ourselves to make us feel like, you know, it, we can see the hole that's missing and the hole that's missing is compassion. <clears throat> so if we look at this as we close, <clears throat> compassion is a skill that Jesus had and it's developed by asking the right questions. Why are they acting this way? Why do they feel the way they do? Why does he or she feel this way? Jesus took the time to understand them. So here's the thing. Sometimes to understand somebody, you don't have to, you don't have to get to know them for a year to understand them. When you see and when you feel something for someone, you can just do the action. If someone does that to you today, whether that's your father, mother, family members, friends, uh, brethren, special relationship. If you got somebody in your life that has showed you compassion, here's what you have that you might not know. And I've missed it before too, 100%. Here's what you have that you might not know. Number one, you have somebody that's trying to understand you. See, there's people out here that'll be nice to you. There's people out here that'll do this and this and all. Yeah, that's fine. But there's not a lot of people out here trying to understand you. 
if someone does that for you, you got a special person. Not everybody out here is trying to understand you. Know that. And sadly, even Christians, not everybody out here is trying to understand you. But when you have somebody in your life, mother, father, you know, brothers, brethren, special relationship, whatever it is, when you have somebody out here trying to understand, you have somebody who is doing what God is and what God has already done for you. So this is what Luke 15 is. This is why this is so beautiful, because the young son didn't realize that the father was doing this for him the whole time. But he tried to find it in my career, find it in money, find it in other people, find it in having a good time. It's not there. Guys, it's not going to be there. I mean, you can go try it if you want, you know. Maybe that's maybe that's just sometimes we got to try it. But it's not it's at the end. The return's not going to be what you think it's going to be. It's not. The beauty of compassion. Man, dude, this is <clears throat> this was crazy. I mean, I was up at two in the morning. Look at this. I was like, bro, somebody's got to hear this. And I think this is something that um, all of us have lacked. And, um, I mean, it's, <clears throat> imagine though, like imagine if all of us had this with each other, you know, if we had that, if we took the time to understand, if we reciprocated it, if we were patient, but what we do today is we, we almost wait for people to prove us right. And what does that mean? It's almost like, because like that young man said to Mike Tyson, I give people one true shot, and after that shot, I knew it. There it is. It's right there. I knew I knew you were gonna fail me. And then and then we throw other things on people. You tried to do this. You did that. It's you see, I mean, it's just the snowball just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But really, in reality, we both lack compassion. We may, you may have thought you were doing it by being nice, but there's nowhere near compassion. Nice is playing checkers. Compassion is playing chess. It's, it's way bigger than this. The beauty of having compassion. Now, I hope this is something that as you look at Christ, that you want to develop more, and I want to develop more as well. And let's continue to do this together. And again, I would encourage you, DM me, hit me up on Facebook, hit me if you have my number, text me. Let's be in this first, second, and third John class together because this is going to reintroduce us to who Jesus is. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I, I had to get that out there. I had to do it. I'm sorry. I had to do it. So we're going to have, what, three, four podcasts this week, but hopefully it's great material that you guys can can use and uh, and grow from. Again, Lord willing, on Friday, I'm going to have my friend uh, Avery Hackney in studio, uh, so be looking out for that. And then, Lord willing, on Monday, hopefully, I'm waiting on a confirmation, but hopefully on Monday, Lord willing, we'll have my friend uh, and brother uh, Cole Bennett on uh, on Monday as well. So appreciate you guys. Thank you all so much, and Lord willing, we will see you guys 
on Friday and Monday. Thanks, guys.